You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's preview the NFC East next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Dan Schneier, and we are previewing the NFC East to finish out the NFC division previews. And Dan, the way we're going to start this off is how we've been doing it all week. I'm going to ask you for your division winner pick. We're going to do the biggest question for the division, and then you're going to give me a sleeper breakout and bust. So I'm going to ask you that biggest question. But first, who do you think is winning the NFC East? The Philadelphia Eagles are definitely winning the NFC East. Seems pretty obvious. I mean, look, there is always room for regression. You know, anytime you see a team take a, a big step forward like the Eagles did last season, you expect them to be a little worse. They've got a lot of cushion, you know, going 14 and three. And, you know, frankly, some of the other teams in the division, specifically the Giants, who, you know, you could see taking a step forward. That's another team that took a big step forward last season. And the way that tends to work, we talked about it on yesterday's podcast, is, you know, teams like the Jaguars and, and Giants and those teams that, get like four or five games better. One of them usually takes that step to being a real contender. And then you usually have a couple of them that fall back, maybe not all the way back, but that's, that's always, you know, how it works. The Eagles being, you know, one of the examples of the team that took the step forward to contention. So we'll see how that works out for the giants. But I think the biggest question for this division, I want to get your thoughts on this. What does Dallas's offense look like with Mike McCarthy calling the plays? You know, we're all excited about Tony Pollard getting this big opportunity. Here's one problem that I looked up a, a couple weeks ago. Mike McCarthy's Green Bay teams averaged 20th in the NFL in PPR points created by their running backs. Over the course of Kellen Moore's time with the Cowboys as the offensive coordinator, 18th and then the last two seasons, 6th and 3rd in total PPR points by running backs. Now, that's not the only thing that matters. If Tony Pollard gets 80% of the Cowboys' RB work, He's going to be a really good fantasy option no matter how many points they create total. But Mike McCarthy runs his offenses pretty slow. You know, that's a big thing. So what do you think this offense looks like? Yeah, we can definitely expect the slower paced offense. Kellen Moore was top two in offensive pace in the last four years. That's going to change a lot. That's bad. But I wonder where he's going to go with it because he's made mention McCarthy that he's not going to completely change the offense. He's going to just kind of tweak what Kellen Moore did. If that's the case, that's good. If not, we're looking at his offense in Green Bay, which was a slants flats based offense, which essentially relied on one on one matchups. Each snap, it's all about just getting a one on one matchup somewhere on the field and targeting that matchup. And that's why you rarely saw throws to the running back. So if he brings that back, that's going to be a problem for Tony Pollard in the passing game. Um, so it just kind of depends where he goes with it. I think if he goes full McCarthy on the Cowboys, I'm really low on this offense. But if he does work with Kellen Moore's offense and kind of continue to use some of the concepts that worked over the last few years and made explosive plays, then I'm more uh, open to it. I think it will be a good offense. I think it's just 
unlikely to be one of the three best offenses in the NFL. You know, I, I think like yes. the likeliest outcome for the Cowboys is like they're like the 11th best offense in the NFL in terms of points scored and all that. Yep. Let's uh, move on to some sleepers, breakouts and busts. Who's your sleeper pick for the NFC East? Sleeper pick is Isaiah Hodgins, the wide receiver for the Giants. I've done a lot of drafts so far. And I got to tell you, he doesn't go anywhere. He keeps mm-hmm. falling and falling and falling. Meanwhile, he's the only receiver on the roster who can play the outside spot, which they need one of two spots on the boundary. He played 87% of his snaps there last year. He scored a touchdown in four of his last five games by coming over at the midseason point. And in addition to all that, he looked really good on tape. He doesn't run a 4-4. It doesn't matter. He gets Uh open using his route running, his savvy, and his unbelievable hands. He doesn't drop passes. He does everything the Giants want, so he's going to be on the field. So I love him late in drafts. There's just there's a lot of competition in New York for the wide receiver spots. The problem is I'm not sure any of them are I don't think any of them are great. I think, you know, it's a question of how good they are and whether three of them can be con- consistently good. But we've seen that from Isaiah Hodgins in this offense already. Give me a breakout pick. My breakout pick is Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is one of the best kept players Guess got seeped in the NFL from a talent standpoint. His game film in 2022 was phenomenal when I watched him. I saw three of his games on tape. He was the best player on the field, in my opinion, including A.J. Brown. And if you look at the numbers over the last half of the season, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were pretty comparable in targets and in volume. And guess what? A.J. Brown has an injury history. Devontae Smith doesn't. Devontae Smith has a chance to become a better ascending player. I'm not saying A.J. Brown has reached his peak, but we've seen him peak already. So I think Devontae Smith is still being underdrafted considering his talent, and I want all pieces of him this year as a potential breakout. Is he a top 12 wide receiver for you? For me, he is. All right, let's hear a bus pick. Bus pick is tough in this division because I don't really see too many, but I'm going to go with Brian Robinson of Washington. Mm -hmm. He's not drafted that high, but... I just feel like new coaching staff, new quarterback situation with a quarterback who has a history of running. He had over a thousand yards his last season. UNC may steal some red zone touches and Antonio Gibson who's going to get involved in the passing game and really limit the upside of Robinson as a receiver. Not that there was all that much to begin with. I don't love it. I don't love the offensive line here. I don't love the offense. I don't love the schedule. I think we could be looking at a guy who grinds out 50 to 60 rushing yards per game, which might help you a little bit in standard and occasionally gets you a touchdown. Not too many games, though. So I think that's a potential bus pick. It's real like Damian Harris vibes where if he scores a bunch of touchdowns, he's going to be an RB2. But that's kind of the only path even to RB2 upside. There's no path to RB1 upside for Brian Robinson unless he starts breaking big plays unexpectedly, which I don't see. He's not that kind of player. And so it's it's really he's going to rely on getting a lot of goal line opportunities and That's just, it's not a type of running back I'm ever particularly excited about. Look, he's only RB33 in NFC ADP right now. And, you know, he's going ahead of Khalil Herbert. I think Herbert, it's a similar spot, but I think he has more upside if he becomes the lead back for the Bears. Antonio Gibson, I'd rather draft. Jamal Williams, even, you know, New Orleans. There should be good opportunities for there, you know, in what I think will be a better offense, at least. So similar players, but I think I prefer Jamal Williams. So, yeah, if I'm... If I'm going to go in that range, I don't think I like either of them, but give me Zach Charbonnet for some upside if he becomes the starter for Seattle. Give me Samaje Pirine if Javante Williams misses time in Denver. I think I like all those guys who are going later than Brian Robinson, so I'm with you on that one. That's going to do it. We'll be back next week. Talk more AFC team previews. We'll see you then. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, 
just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.